liked how that works. Hey, it's working. (laughs) (laughs) It helps if it's plugged in. Mm, It's one of the faults of (laughs) Russ's audio guy. (laughs) Uh, .com. uh, Glad we didn't do this for like two hours. I'm like, oh, I forgot to plug in the. Is that a mixer? Is that what that's called? Yeah, that's that is a mixer. Audio board. board. Technical babble. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's our Christmas time. Christmas, like, it's next week, but this is the last one before Christmas. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Chris, it's six days from now, or five days if you're listening on Thursday, or it happened or a year ago. Ju- or, yeah, or it's June. <laughs> well, if it happened a year ago, it's still in, like, five days. That's true. So, or it's June. So, happy June 4th. Chris Mahana Kwanzaa? Yeah. Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Uh, what was the old? It was the old Navy thing. Chrismica. No, you you guys are Chrismica. Yeah, we're Chrismica. It was Chrismahana Kwanzaa or something. I don't know. My eight year old has celebrated Chrismica for so long. Like mm-hmm. he, like where other people would be like, "What's Hanukkah?" He's like, "Other people don't have Hanukkah and Christmas because I'm a spoiled asshole." <laughs> That's a quote. He gets nine crazy nights. <laughs> True. Or eight if it happens in the yeah, middle. Yeah, they could be the does same. It usually, does Christmas usually happen in the middle? Um, I'm not really aware of the Jewish no, calendar. No, I think usually it's... No, I think lately, the past few years, it's been like before. Like, I think Hanukkah starts like quick here for us. Is, is that in an Indiana real time. thing? Yeah, yeah, in Indiana. Okay. Uh, in... <laughs> 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 it's like time zones mm-hmm. like hanukkah starts here on this date, and yeah. then as you keep going east it just right. mm-hmm. australia hanukkah was months ago yeah 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 and it was upside down yeah <laughs> that's how they do everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh christmas time a couple of things about christmas i want to talk about okay the first one being you know everyone knows the song winter wonderland walking okay. in a winter wonderland so there's one line in that that has confused me for years Okay. Okay. And it is, uh, he said, are you married? Uh, we'll say no man. He said, are you married? We said no man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Yes. What does that mean? Because is that a vaguely sexual joke hidden in this Christmas song? Like you can lay in my bed with me or does it mean you can be the priest officiating the wedding while we're getting married they're talking to a priest parson brown okay i don't know who parson brown is i'm pretty sure parson is like a like a priest or something okay so he is going to do the officiating for their wedding correct that's the answer that i wanted then okay because <laughs> it just didn't is like am i listening to a double entendre now like not married but Sure could use somebody to keep me warm on these cold Christmas nights. No, that's Santa Baby, okay. which is a song about non-consensual sex. What? The whole thing is he's pressuring her to stay. Yeah. Right. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of songs. And she's that... like, I, I, I'm, I really got to go. And he's like, oh, I'm going to lock the door here. I just sent you, like, a few weeks ago, I was like, you got to listen to this Violent Femme CD from 1984, because that's how up to music I am. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. And there's a song on there that he's like, 
is going to trap her on an elevator until she agrees to kiss him. And I'm yeah. like, these are like... <laughs> what time to listen to this album? There, yeah, there was like an entire... There's an entire uh, subgenre of movies that you just can't watch anymore because the whole point yeah, from is... From the Weinstein Company. Because... but like i don't know think about like every 80s and early 90s like romantic movie is the guy just won't listen to her and say no and it's and it's in it's in endearing and it's you know he's charming for that because he loves her that much it's perseverance yeah exactly rather than no man take a goddamn hint yeah do you think i don't know like that was always seen as part of the thrill of the chase is you got to wear her down until she says yes oh no see the thing i would not initiate a conversation until like there were boobs in my face like to be like so there was no doubt about what's okay to talk to you now yeah exactly i guess i just said that last week that i was like (laughs) oh you want me to stay overnight i don't really sleep good with other people i'm gonna leave now okay that's probably what you meant you just meant to sleep that's it I'm 20 years old. I don't have any interest in sleeping with you because I'd rather sleep on myself. Go home and masturbate now. Yeah. That's that's exactly like... <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, other Christmas question. Okay. Christmas music's a big deal. Like, it's playing everywhere. You go into any, any store, it's playing. It's all over TV. It's on most radio stations. What is the most recent song that has become become a christmas song and by that i mean there's so few songs right like every artist every taylor swift every garth brooks every meatloaf has a christmas album to where they sing jingle bells and they have their own original christmas songs so you're talking an original song not necessarily uh a recording or a recording okay that has become one of the track listing of modern society you know what i mean like think about elvis elvis and the beatles arguably the two most popular people ever Mm -hmm. michael jackson we'll even throw him in there three most popular bands ever Mm -hmm. none of them have i'm sure they all have christmas songs oh elvis has one that's definitely that's in the rotation yeah it's blue christmas okay okay that's fair i'll give you that one but the beatles Paul McCartney has one by himself, but my point is there's so few when you think about how many Christmas songs Mm -hmm. that actually become part of the, the consensus for what we all like, we know what is the most recent one? Well, there was one that immediately popped into my head and I can't fucking remember the song, but Mariah Carey does a Christmas song that I, that like I love and I feel like is universally regarded as like, okay, this is like a Christmas thing. If that's the case. But that's like early nineties. But that's. That's yeah. better than what I like. The last one that I could honestly think of would have been like uh, uh, the 12 Days of Christmas sung by the Muppets, which was probably like the 70s. I, I don't I, even, I wouldn't even I don't even think I've ever heard that. No. And I love the Muppets. Yeah, it's just a version of them doing it. And um, I don't know. But the point. So that makes me happy that you couldn't that, that you couldn't just come up with. I guess you did. But that there's not one that. uh I don't know. It's a it's a odd thing, right? Like as many Christmas songs that are out there, yeah. That it takes and that long. Like at some point, Bing Crosby, somebody heard that song for the first time, and they were like, "Fuck this! I don't like this version." Which 
What are you talking about? I don't know. Whatever Bing Crosby sings. Did you know he's Bing white? Cro- what? Bing Crosby was white. Yeah. That's so weird. Why is that weird? I always thought he was an African-American dude for like ever. <laughs> just in have... my head. Just in my head, I was envisioning like B.B. King and Fats Domino having a child. You know that's... he was also like a movie star. He was like in movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, I know that. Now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, I knew he was white. Oh. He and David Bowie did an awesome cover of The Little Drummer Boy. Hmm. Um, that I think is... Did you know David Bowie was white? And a man? Messed up some of those masturbation fantasies. Two different, uh, weird, he had like a weird eye. Had a weird pupil because he got shot in the eye with an arrow as a kid. I think that was why. Do you know Labyrinth? You mean the movie with David Bowie's penis? (laughs) Or just package? Yeah, I don't think it's so much penis. It's just package. Yeah, but there's definitely separation between twig and berries that you can see. I just watched elf with my kids and my wife okay and we were talking about the fact that you just had kind of a little fit right there because we're watching so my girlfriend and i um have come she really likes traditions and so we came up with our own tradition is that uh every single year we have a list uh we make a list of 25 Christmas movies. Well, we make a list of like a fuck ton of Christmas movies, cut it down to 25, and then we make a an advent calendar and every night we watch a, a different Christmas movie. I think I'm I I don't think Elf made the list this year. I'm, maybe it did. It had to have, right? It's so ubiquitous. I, but maybe I forgot about it. Speaking so com- combining these two conversations real quick. Okay. There's like the rotation of Christmas movies that have become cuz there's new Christmas movies every year most of which just come out and go away i think Krampus. i think elf is the most recent one that uh has kind of it, people watch that with the reverence that christmas story is watched with mm-hmm. i like yeah, john, i think so i like john favreau anyway yeah. so we were talking about like there was a couple moments when like you kind of like will ferrell kind of has this david bowie thing going on with his junk but i don't think he's nearly as endowed as will as uh David Bowie, so it's not quite the problem. Yeah. But I told her, I was like, how many times do you think they had to cut, like at some point? Because I guarantee you, shooting that movie over the course of 30 days or whatever, he got a boner at some point, and they had to be like, we need to chill for a second, because this is a kid's movie, dude. You need to not be wearing that. How often do you think a 40-year-old man gets a boner on set? I mean, he was working with Zoe Deschanel. She's fucking hot, but still. Over the course of 30 days, you're telling me it didn't happen <laughs> once. I don't... And according to the movie, he's 30, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's always fine. That's always depressing when you see that <laughs> stuff. Like He's like, that was... James Conn says, that was 30 years ago. And my wife looks at me, he's like, is he supposed to be 30? <laughs> <laughs> sure. You, I always play footsie with you. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I can think of a, a newer movie like that. No, no. But my theory is sound. That you, it's, it's the point is it's like it's very hard for one to like sink into the social conscience. You know? Uh, do you remember? Elf? I said social conscience, and I meant social consciousness. Yeah. You you know what Elf? Like, what that played in our lives, right? Oh. That was the last thing like our whole high school gang did before we all went off to college. Is we went and saw Elf. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, 
and uh, my best friend got a speeding ticket because he came from work. Uh, he got off work late, and he did 30 over in a construction zone. To go to a PG movie? Yeah. <laughs> he did 30 <laughs> over in a construction zone to and got a huge freaking ticket. Glad the movie was good. It was, I, re- yeah. I really like John Favreau, man. Good for that guy that he's the guy that he is now. Yeah. It sucks that as much as I love the Marvel movies, I don't know if you know much about them. Obviously, you don't. But it sucks. Well, it's the Star Wars movies, too. It sucks that Disney really kind of screws over their, their creatives. Um, like, John Favreau didn't do Iron Man 3. He did 1 and 2 and um, didn't do 3 because uh, of... I don't know if he wanted to do it, because like what he did... He did. He did, he, he did Cowboys and Indians and stuff, but then he was like... Kinda, Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens. I'm kind of tired of this shit, and he did Chef. Did you see Chef? Chef is amazing. It's awesome. I love that movie. And that's a fucking John Favreau... Like, that movie's John Favreau's fuck. Yes, but I don't think Iron Man is. I think Iron Man is a good director taking something with money mm-hmm. and making it good, which is what Batman is with Nolan, right? Yeah. It's a good director taking something and making it good. So John Favreau basically made the MCU, right? Because Iron Man and... Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes. Yes, I put that together on my own. <laughs> uh, Iron Man and Incredible Hulk came out of the same year, but it was Iron Man's popularity. Like Incredible Hulk, whatever. Iron Man and then Iron Man 2 made the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It allowed... It gave credibility to then Captain America and Thor and, and all the movies that came after it. And so he did those first two. They bring Joss Whedon in to do the Avengers, which is the big team up of all, all the different people. And so all he wanted was some creative input over the character that he had of Iron Man that he had basically molded. And so that he could bring then bring him into the third movie. And they said, no, this is all Joss Whedon's baby. Uh, so he left. He, he still did. He he is a character in those movies. He still acted in the third one. But he left. Shane Black did it. It was real good. But uh, then Joss Whedon does two Avengers movies. And he gets screwed over. Disney uh, screws him over. So he leaves. So I don't know. J.J. Abrams didn't only did the first Star Wars movie, um, though I think the rumors are he's coming back for the third one. I think he is coming back for the third one because they kicked off the guy that was doing it. Yeah, knowing that I've not seen any of these. But then the guy who's who is doing the one that just came out, uh, he's getting his own trilogy now. The one of the guys, his name is Gareth Edwards. I don't know which one he did. Uh, I don't know that he. Oh, did he do uh, Rogue One? I just said I don't know which one he did. <laughs> so, so he got question. he got Godzilla, right? And he got Godzilla. He did this super the cool new one, the yes. twenty fourteen one. Yes, okay. he got that, and he before that he had done this awesome little tiny movie based in like South America called Monsters, mm-hmm. and it was basically like he shot this stuff for like six dollars. And then he just did everything on his laptop and yeah. just made this fucking awesome movie. I still need to see that. from his laptop. I've got. If you want to borrow it, remind me it's before you leave. Well, never mind then. You're welcome. You can <laughs> use Netflix. 
You're welcome. Netflix just they just informed me that it'll go up next year, oh. next month. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, it's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But what am I going to do? Not have Netflix? Pfft. No. They you need to it. look at you need to look at deleting some of your your entertainment what? I services. Just, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I, I watch a lot. I'm going to check on. the baby monitor and make sure it's turned up enough, and get another drink, and then take a slight nap. Walk through real quick the streaming services that you pay for. Okay, Netflix, obviously. Hulu, I go with no commercials because commercials are for peasants. Uh, I have Amazon Prime, so I have Amazon Prime Mobile. Or uh, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, I have HBO Now. And I do the basic package of PlayStation View so that I have like cable and stuff. But here's the thing. I use all those services. Uh, Hulu. I, I just started watching uh, Serial Silverman's I Love You America. Uh, while last week tonight is on... Uh, hiatus until February. That's a great filler. Uh, I love Sarah Silverman, and she's doing her p- politics show, and it's great. I made the mistake of telling my wife that I had a crush on Sarah Silverman, so now, like any time she's on or is referenced, she's like, mm, we, we, "We love her." Like we'll watch Wreck It Ralph, who she voices a character of a little girl. And my wife's like, no, there's your girlfriend. And I'm like, she's an animated four-year-old. <laughs> and boy, am I turned on. Sarah Silverman's the reason your wife almost hated me. Why? Like, she did hate me for a while. Oh, because you made a Jewish joke, right? Yeah. Like, I think a very inappropriate one? Like, a bad one. I mean, I just told her that she killed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a good hello. I it wasn't hello. It was more like hello and. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear you killed Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I have this weird thing at parties where I have to be the center of attention, and if I can't get it positive, I'll take negative. <laughs> I think you got one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just watched uh, Jesus's Magic, and I was high on playful. Anti-Semitism? It's not really anti-Semitism. Self, self-hating. Yeah. Semitism. Have it you seen? Have you seen the Believer? The Believer. Can't say that I have. Dude. All right. So the Believer is when I fell in love with Ryan Gosling, uh, who I'm very much in love with. Oh yeah, he's great. Um, and he plays a Jewish neo-Nazi. And this is from like 2000 or something like that. Okay. It's wonderful. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that in a week or two. It's not really horror, but I want to talk to you about it. Okay. Um, Your yeah. definition of horror is broad enough that they can it's it, they can be on the show. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of Apt Pupil? I love that movie. Okay. I think you made me watch that. Like, Did I? In like 2004 or whatever. Yeah. Didn't Brad Renfro kill himself? Uh, Probably. One way or another, he's no longer with us. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I first watched that on your DVD. I think you lent me your copy, and then I went and bought my own. And then probably never watched it and then sold it 15 Prob- years later. It's probably about right. <laughs> That's accurate. Um, Want to get into our episode? Yeah, let's, let's talk about these fucking movies. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Synopsis, Justin. Uh, a guy kind of tells his life story okay. about... 
his family and his history with Santa Claus and murder. Good. Overall yeah. thoughts. Uh, okay. This movie, I hated this movie because it was so boring and I didn't give a shit about anything. And then it happened. <laughs> and I, I complete like this movie, <laughs> this movie is 88 minutes and I don't care for about 86 of them. There's a two minute stretch <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, okay. So before you started to watch this, I told you you weren't allowed to IMDb. Yeah. Do you have any theories about the making of this movie or anything? Let's see how good you are. Uh, somebody had the name mm-hmm. Silent Night, Deadly Night. They had the rights to that. Okay. And not a lot of money. Okay. And they made a movie. Okay, you're you're on the right right path. Okay. Here's the thing, if you've seen Silent Night Deadly Night two, you have seen Silent Night Deadly Night one and two because of the flashback that you see for literally half the movie, hmm. that is Silent Night Deadly Night one. Okay. So the, the the Billy the Billy is what Silent Night Deadly Night is. Okay. So here's but, what see, happened. Yeah, that was I had three ideas of what this movie was, mm-hmm. either or what Silent Night Deadly Night one was either. It was the Billy scenes. It's Billy. Yep. I guess. Or it was uh, the movie they played in the movie theater. Or it was completely unrelated. Yeah. So what happened with this is, this is 1984, I think, is when Silent Night, Deadly Night was released. This is the date when the video boom hasn't hit and people are still releasing stuff in theaters. When Silent Night, Deadly Night came out, everybody freaked the fuck out about having a killer Santa Claus. There okay. were protests. There were parents groups. There was, uh, I don't know specifically of Siskel and Ebert, but tons of critics and everything were going against him. Mickey Rooney was coming out and saying how evil these people were for doing this <laughs> and all that stuff. That's not, that's a real thing. That's great. Um, and was freaking out. Everybody lost their minds. Which, when you're a producer of schlocky 80s movies, and Silent Night, Deadly Night is a mean movie. Like, you probably felt the difference, like, in the flashback scenes, are legitimately mean. And they are, they're nasty and they're cold. Sure. There's no degree of fun or quirk or campiness to them at all. Yeah. So... All of this controversy just meant more money in these producers' pockets because people kept wanting to come and see them, right? Sure. So they don't give a shit about moral decay of America, any of that. They want their money. Yeah. Okay? Okay. So I'm not saying in general. I'm saying these specific ones, that's exactly yeah. what they were doing. They sure. were like, we're loving this. Keep this controversy coming. I'm loving it. So what they did, because they're pretty unscru- unscrupulous, is... Unscrupulous? Yes. Is... They went to an editor and said, hey, editor, here is a used uh, pack of chewing gum, $4, and a fish liver. Can you re-edit this pile of shit into a second movie so we can call it Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? And nobody's going to be any wiser because everybody's dumb. And even by the time they figure out, they're going to have already given us their $3 to get in to watch this movie. Okay. 
So the editor was like, yeah, sure, $4 is more than I have right now, so that's no problem. And they went to do it, and they were like, there's not enough here. You didn't leave anything on the cutting room floor. I can't do this. Well, what, what would it take you to do it? So that's when they decided, let's film Ricky giving the story of Billy, mm-hmm. and that took up the majority of their time frame. Yeah. So they just had to hire two actors for the majority of the movie that they were shooting and edited everything else. That's so fucked up. Like that. that Wait. The so the the Ricky part is what's new. Okay. All the Ricky stuff. The Ricky is what's okay. new. Okay. Ricky was a little kid there. Yeah. But the Ricky stuff is new. Okay. So they got two thirds of a movie by paying two actors to stand in a room. Well, I'm sorry, one actor and one Eric Freeman to stand in a room, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> to stand in a room uh, for. Couldn't have been more than a couple days. Yeah. Uh, and they had two-thirds of their movie already. That's pretty That's cool. how this movie came about. That's great. So, according to IMDb Trivia, Eric Freeman, our actor who plays Ricky, moves his mm-hmm. eyebrows up and down 130 times during the course of this movie. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. You notice the eyebrows, right? Yeah. It's incredible. It's Talk about his performance throughout this movie. Uh, it's either, it's either non-existent or over the top. There's no in between. He's either just like talking, not really delivering a line, just saying words, or it's the most exaggerated thing ever. There was, my favorite line of this is he says, so I got a job, but instead he goes, so... I got a job and his eyebrows are just <laughs> bouncing up and down like a pogo stick the whole time. It's incredible. Uh, listen, he just recently, so when this movie came out, Eric Freeman, who's Ricky was like, holy shit, everybody fucking hates me. This is terrible. I can see that this is awful on the screen and just disappeared literally for like 30 years. And just in this past year or so, people have been really, you know, it's it's found a new life on DVD. Mm-hmm. People are appreciating it. They're legitimately loving it. And he's just sort of came out and, like, acknowledged the fact that he's alive. Like, there were websites like, where is this guy? We need to talk to him. And his explanation that he said was basically it sounded like, according to him, the director thought he was directing a play. <laughs> the director kept telling him, like, you need to go bigger, dude. You need to go bigger. The camera's not going to pick up on all these little things you're doing. You need to, like, really go above and beyond, which is what a play is. Right. The exact opposite of what a movie is. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about it like that, there might be, like, that might be true. Like, sure. he, if yeah. you thought, if, if he thought he was acting in a play, yeah. that might be right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is big and exaggerated and over the top. From his character only, though. That's why I'm not so sure that I buy that. Because the sure. doctor is a real actor. The psychologist yeah. is reserved and mm-hmm. plays it straight. So if it was the director really saying that, why would he only want... It's odd. Maybe that's just literally how he wanted that character, is to be completely over the top. I don't I don't know, man. But when you think about it, that he's thinks that he's in a play, it suddenly explains the majority of what he's doing there. So let's dive in. All right. 
So it opens with a tape recorder being installed in a room. And this is my big, my biggest qualm with this movie, right? Is they go over the tape recorder and, and blah, blah, blah. But then the dude takes the cord and is like staring at him. And then gent like slowly unravels the cord while staring him down. And then right before he plugs in, looks back and stares at him again. And I'm like, somebody is going to get choked out with this cord. But no, he gets choked out with the with the with the tape. So they make all the the it lingers on the cord, and everyone you you think Dude, they had to is, get they had to get this to is that, Chekhov's cord. They had to get to a feature length <laughs> movie. But if if you were kill him with the cord, boom, it's good. It's Chekhov's cord. Hmm. I get it. But instead, it's just he kills him with the tape, and I was disappointed. Uh, almost so the he begins to tell the story of his brother, uh, and who, it's confusing the whole time which kid is which. I feel like I I Billy I or Ricky. I like I couldn't remember if he if Ricky was the older one or the younger one. Yeah. But then like it doesn't make sense it makes sense now that I know that it's another movie. But it doesn't make sense because it's like how does he how does he remember all these things like he was a baby? Like he, even the even the guy he you know they hang a lamp post on it as you like to say <laughs> where he says how do you remember and he says i was there but he was a baby yeah and then like he's doing all this stuff where like billy was totally in private or with characters that aren't ricky yeah it's because in detail this movie is trying to steal people's money in 1985 yeah that's why but that's, that's why it was confusing yes me. uh so we almost immediately open with uh, a kissing scene, which again proves that people don't know how to kiss in movies. Yeah. There is just face on top of face trying to swallow a head. Again, we talk about this so often. I want to retire it, but I can't believe how messed up it is. Yeah. Later, Ricky does not have sex. They just like lie on top of each other while he like slowly grabs her ass yeah and that's it well you say that but i put on here surprisingly sexy and competent sex scene <laughs> okay uh like there's there's minimal thrusting i think it's more like they're exploring one another's body i don't know if they're necessarily having sex yet when we're watching them um it's one shot that's a pan down of him going like creepily slowly bringing his hands down her back to her butt and that was it there was at least two shots of butt. Not to call you out on that or anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I wasn't counting the butts. So uh, Billy and Ricky's parents get killed by Santa Claus, uh, who is a hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead. Or well, he has a. He could have just been a con artist. Like his car was broken down. Yeah, he was feigning being a hitchhiker. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, yes. I imagine that he was feigning it. I don't think yeah. it was really broke down, and he decided to kill someone that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they end up in an orphanage ran by Dunce. There is, which that is the first of many scenes of rape in this movie. It's a lot uh, of rape in this movie. That's true, but it is only in the flashback scenes. Like I said... It's a okay. mean, nasty movie. It yeah. really is. Like, it's not fun. It's it's not as good, but it's Last House on the Left of Christmas. 
yeah is okay. what the movie is so try to envision that that's why that's so mean sure um so billy goes to an orphanage and ricky have a shitty childhood because they're in an orphanage ran by some mean nuns billy gets out of the orphanage when he turns 18 and he gets a job at the with the aid of the nuns at a toy store and apparently they didn't give any insight into this ch- uh, child's past because they immediately put him in a Santa costume. Yeah. And this proves that triggers are not a millennial thing because <laughs> triggers have been around since at least Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, because this promptly makes Billy lose his fucking mind mm-hmm. and start killing people. Yeah. And then eventually he it's like whenever he sees red. Yeah. He turns into a bull. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, at the beginning, w- when they show him at the toy store, there's mm-hmm. they're standing around singing Christmas songs. Does that ever happen in real life? Has any, or or even not Christmas songs, gatherings in movies when they have people that w- they want to show that everybody's together, they just have them sing a song or singing in the car. Sure. Does well, does I that mean, ever really happen? Do you and your kids ever sing in the car? Uh, not all that. Like, I sing in car with friends. Yeah. Uh, so. But I think like, like neither of us have really worked for a mom and pop place around Christmas time, right? Well, I mean, no. Well, I worked in a restaurant. Yeah, we definitely didn't sing any songs. No, but they were not the best people, right? I didn't have any problems with them. Okay. Uh, but I don't get. I don't know, but every movie has that where the people sit around the the piano and sing. Yeah, maybe it's just. I think that's just a Christmas party thing. Is that a Christmas that party thing in real here. life? Maybe I don't know. I haven't experienced it, but my family just like this warm we're embrace, not piano players. Like just like the warm embrace of a man <laughs> loving another man, I've never felt it, so I'm going to refuse to believe that it exists. All right, there you go. We're good with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the. Billy starts killing people inside of the toy store. And he ends up being knocked down by one of the women that he's attacking because they push over a box or a pile of empty boxes. Yeah. And it knocks Billy over. Mm-hmm. A 160 pound fit, six foot tall man is knocked over by a stack of empty boxes. It seems legit. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page with that. Uh, we watch. A group of stop me if there's something that I'm going too fast with. Okay, are you still in the toy store? No. Okay, so this is another. There's another rape scene. Woman getting raped by a guy. She brought back like they went back there consensually, but he was definitely taking it farther than she wanted yes. to. At that point, he's definitely raping her. Then uh, Billy comes in. And, like, grabs the guy off of her and kills him. But, I don't know, like... Billy is triggered by sex and Santa. Right. And then Red. But then she, like, she's, like, immediately pissed off at him. Like, no part of her was like, hey, thanks for... Thanks for that. No, I don't know. Does that sound like I'm mansplaining? I don't know. It seemed weird to me that she would immediately be like, I could get, like, the killing. It's a bit excessive. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no part of her is like relieved and scared. Well, it might be, it's but just... you can't you can't relay eighty percent anger, twenty percent thank you I guess. when someone just killed someone. I it's guess. whatever is the fifty one forty nine. That's the <laughs> one that's going to win on that scale. Sure. Um, we get a scene next that I want to talk about uh, of. 21 year old guys sledding they steal sleds from these little kids yeah and sled down a hill and one of them is like talking shit to the other one about his sledding technique yeah he's like watch this and he sleds down that hill the exact same fucking way as anyone else would which is you sit on the sled and you go down (laughs) there were no cool tricks no. Didn't go upside down. Mm-mm. Got his head chopped off. That was cool. By Billy. Yeah. So thank you for that. Billy got a lot of use out of that axe. He really did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not as clever of use as Jack Frost did. No. But still got some use out of it. Definitely. And we also got another. We get two decapitation uh, while sledding scenes mm-hmm. during this episode. Yep. Hold your Very breath exciting. for that. Uh, uh, okay, good. No, because I'm already I'm already to the end of the Billy in my brain. Do it. Uh, so the they're back at the orphanage, and they're waiting on Santa. Uh, meanwhile, the cops are out looking for a Santa, who's armed and dangerous. So Santa comes to the orphanage. And a cop immediately gets out and is like, hey, Santa, and then immediately just kills him. In shooting him in the back. Yes. <laughs> shooting ass questions Right later. in front of the children. Wasn't it a black cop, too? No, it was a white cop. Damn it. There was a black cop there. Yeah, later. Damn it. Uh... So right in front of the children, he gets gunned down. And then Billy shows up, like, less than two hours later, probably. Mm-hmm. And then he gets gunned down. These children watch Santa get gunned down by the cops twice in, like, two hours. Which, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 should write itself, right? <laughs> like, shouldn't it just be all of these kids yeah. have the exact same traumatic experience? Yeah. You would think, right? No. It follows Ricky, just so you know. Spoiler. Oh, there's a third? There's a fourth. Jesus Christ. There's a fifth. Is is Ricky... And all? there's a remake. Wait. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there are five Silent Night Dungeon Nights and a sort of remake. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so is Ricky like the act, the same actor? I Do you want me to tell you this right now? Yes. Ricky turns from Eric Freeman. You're, I'm glad you're sitting down, okay? Okay. Eric turns from Eric Freeman into Bill Mosley. Okay, why do I know that name? Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Devil's Rejects, House okay. of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. So you have Eric Freeman, uh-huh. then he turns into Bill Mosley, okay. then he turns into Clint Howard. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Can we watch the Clint Howard ones now? please (laughs) so that's what happens (laughs) that's not a joke that's great (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> it's insane. You could not. Yeah, you can't write. You, if you were to write a, a, a story of a fucked up franchise, you would never come as close to as fucked up as Silent Night, Deadly Night is. All right, then. Like, yeah. yeah. Just from the one I've seen. Which, <laughs> which was two. two. <laughs> which that in of itself is weird. <laughs> okay. So Billy is gunned down. Thus, end of Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, which is halfway through the first movie. Yeah. So now the story shifts to Ricky. And he begins telling his backstory of getting out of the orphanage. Still being treated like shit by the nuns. uh, And he ends up getting a job at a restaurant. And it's this moment, too, that I realize Ricky is fucking buff. Yeah, he's wearing the the T-shirt. He's wearing a T-shirt. And then we like, when he sees sex scene, you see his abs and everything. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, hiding under under all of that overacting is like (laughs) a buff dude. Like uh, Kevin Sorbo. Like Jeff Fahey in Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Jeff Fahey wasn't overacting. Oh, no, but he was buff. I was talking about yeah. his... <laughs> that was all under all the overalls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, Eric Freeman took off the the straight jacket and mm-hmm. revealed muscles. Yeah, and Jeff Fahey go. took off the overalls and revealed muscles. So we get our second box uh, scene here where... He's taking out the garbage and throwing it in a dumpster in the alley Mm -hmm. and then gets knocked over or knocks somebody over into a pile of empty boxes, which they have stacked in the alley. Yeah. Why would these only exist in the alley? This is the only reason these exist is for someone to land on. Uh, Marianne just bought like a shit ton of Christmas decorations on Target. Like she spent way too much money on Target, so we have in our garage, fucking way too many boxes, because they like, I don't know how they logistically ship these out, but they're they're overusing boxes, <laughs> like big huge boxes for like two items. I always get amazed by Amazon. It's like they have a special box for every item that they buy. Yeah, they have to because they ship so fucking much. Yeah, it's incredible though. It's like. I buy a bowling ball, and then they have a box that's made specifically for a bowling ball. Yeah. Exaggerating. You ever look at a Uline calendar? I mean, Uline catalog. Uline? So Uline is the shipping company. Okay, yeah. I think I've seen them on the side of... And they sent... Like, I've ordered a a, a giant box of bubble mailers from them at one point, and they keep sending me this catalog. It's like... It's as big as the Sears catalog, and it's just shipping stuff. Okay. And it makes its way around my house like it's the Sears catalog because it's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Like, I'm like, if I ever need to buy any plastic pallets, I'm buying it from this company because <laughs> if you buy one, it's forty nine ninety nine. but if you buy 10, it's only twenty nine ninety nine a piece. And then, good deal. And then, <laughs> if you buy one, you might as well buy five. I know, I mean, right? it's going to pay for itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there's like, uh, you ever need to ship a keyboard, there's a special box just for shipping a keyboard. Hmm. That's cool. It's the most time-wasting thing. Like, Everyone from my four-year-old to my wife and I, like, leave through it. And, like, we if I ever did need to ship a keyboard, I guarantee you I would take five plastic boxes or five <laughs> five cardboard boxes, mm-hmm. wrap it around it like it's... And then just take, and just take the ship, yeah. shit out of it, yeah. 
I would not pay the fourteen ninety nine for the keyboard box. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, I'm fascinated by looking through the catalog. <laughs> I like to waste my time on YouTube. And so one of the things I'm obsessed with is like logistics like that. And I've wa- I've wasted a lot of time looking at robotic storage and retrieval systems. Mm-hmm. Like they have this one and it's just like this giant fucking cube that's just full of uh, bins and there are a bunch of robots on top. And it knows what's in every bin. And it knows when to drop it. Right. And, it, and it, it's it, off gravity, right? Well, they're like Do you want me to keep talking over you so you can't finish your thing? <laughs> they're like columns that'll have like eight bins in them, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they retrieve something and you put it back, they put that on top. So it self-sorts so that your hottest items are on top and your coldest items are on the bottom. So that it may take longer if you need something that you haven't gotten in a while because it has to get up each of those eight boxes and then grab that one, right? But because your most frequent items are on top, it the average time is way down. Uh, that seems really cool. The one that I saw on Amazon is like everything is in like these little, you know when you go to the a restaurant and they the the people bussing the tables have the plastic bins mm-hmm. or like the things if you go into the the somewhere where they you have to, you go to the airport they put the little the keys TSA and stuff bins. in the plastic bins it's like yeah. those is what your order is being put in mm-hmm. and there's a machine that has all of your shit sitting maybe not all your stuff but even one thing sitting side and then it's like uh, pinball flappers and it's still going down fucking fast all of your bins are going down the middle of this thing Mm-hmm. fast but these pinball flappers know based on the weight and how fast everything is moving it just opens up and it will just f- slide down the chute into the right bin but when you're watching it happen it looks like people or the machine is just randomly throwing stuff in random bins yeah because it is moving so fast but because they've got it the weight and everything is down these pinball flappers are just making sure they're sorting automatically and everything getting right. into the right bin and they also use uh kubo kubo or kuvo I think it's Kuvo robots, um, which are these things that look like bigger Roombas. You know what a Roomba looks mm-hmm. like? Uh, and so they have these storage. Uh, it's basically like uh, it's up on feet, and then it's just like this column with four sides that you fit stuff in. And these robots go out, get underneath them, lift it up, and then take it to a person who picks what they need, and then it moves on. And it's like way more efficient because you don't need to heat or light that whole section of your warehouse, right? You just need the one where the people are. So it makes it much more energy efficient. Um, I think I heard too people are not happy, like people that own stock in Amazon. It's a publicly traded company, right? Mm -hmm. Because the owner slash CEO of Amazon has said like his his priority is not making money. It's like he said Amazon is so big. We're about helping humanity, and it's about more than money. And meanwhile, people holding the stock are like, uh, bullshit. Uh, I'd like some money now. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome that that works, but I kind of get if you're somebody that invested like a million dollars into Amazon, you're kind of like, uh, it's great that you're trying to cure cancer, but I still need to see a profit on this. But at the same time, he's the one that owns the most stock in the company. No, so. you're right. Yeah. Um, doing As a person... I think they should keep pushing it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
but you can kind of sympathize with the dudes that are yeah. still invested in that for a reason. Um, Back side- to the movie. Oh, I was the, oh, go ahead. I was literally getting ready to say continuing being sidetracked. <laughs> okay, uh, that works too. That's fr- kind of what this podcast is about. Friend of the family had a situation where they were house sitting. Mm-hmm. So they're house sitting and dog sitting. Uh, 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid is sitting watching TV 11 o'clock at night okay. uh, of his friend of the family's house while they're gone. Uh, watching TV and obviously starts hearing somebody is fucking upstairs. Shitting your pants, right? Yeah. You know this family is not in the country. That's why you're here right now. So he grabs the dog, takes his cell phone, and goes and gets in the pantry. Should have left, mind you. Yeah. But gets in the pantry and calls the cops. So he calls the cops, and they stay on the phone with him the whole time. The dispatch does. Mm -hmm. She's like, don't move. Talk to me. Blah, blah, blah. I will tell you when the cops are there. When you were there, they're not going to knock. I will tell you they're there. You go and you open the door. Okay. They did that. One cop ushers him outside. Other multiple cops go upstairs to find the Roomba cleaning the second floor. (laughs) (laughs) That story is the best. It's incredible, right? That's a great ending. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To be fair, that's something you should warn people about these days and age. Like, hey, here's somebody upstairs. We, we have a robot that can think and move on its own, just so you know. Yeah. What was the Jetsons robot? Uh, got it. Uh, uh, Ro- Rosie? Rosie. You're Rosie. Right. You got it. Yep. Nailed it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. It's great. Which is like anticlimactic and a relief for the cops, I'm sure. Yeah. So they, of course, they pestered him and gave him a good ribbing <laughs> for it. But <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'd be great. I would love to be a fly on that wall to hear that conversation between the cop and oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, I Do wonder you... if he like was like, yeah, there uh, we caught a guy, we killed him. <laughs> Killed a guy up there. Yeah. Uh, d- how much paperwork do you think they have to do for the Roomba call? Like, <laughs> like there's that... definitely like, uh, here's where I fucking was between these hours. <laughs> like, turns out it was a fucking Roomba. <laughs> Made sure to harass the kid before he left. <laughs> Gave him a good natured ribbon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Silent Night of the Night. Uh, so you're beginning to see the flourishes of, of Ricky being a weirdo now, too. He meets yeah. a girl uh, and says he falls in love, but seems to only know her for a couple days. Yeah. Uh, they go to a theater. She has a sign, He has a signed picture from her. Where does he get that? Why does he have that? Because that's what the doctor hands her, is yeah. to Ricky to sign pictures. So you think, oh, she's like a model or something. She's just a girl that he kills. Uh, so I how s- did he get that, that glossy 8x10? <laughs> I sign pictures to everyone that I meet. It might be narcissistic, but uh, I feel like the Remake Me fans will yeah. eventually... When that happens to you, because mm. I, I don't introduce myself as that. I'm just like, yeah. I assume that you want this picture of Russ. Yeah. Here is my autograph picture. Yeah. 
It just says to whom it may concern, Russ. Yeah. XOXO. Yeah. Uh, buy my stuff on Cohen over Cohen.com. <laughs> the, uh, they're, they're in a movie theater, which is very much not a movie theater. No. It is a room painted white with eight red chairs in it. Mm-hmm. And sitting behind them is the most obnoxious people in the world, uh, which... I love this scene because he ends up killing these people that won't stop talking during the movie. Yeah. And that's why I can't go to movies anymore because I can't, people talk about that. They want the communal experience. They want to see a movie with other people. I fucking hate everyone. (laughs) See, I fucking hate everyone, but I like the communal experience. Oh, I can't do it, man. Like the same thing I told you, I can't go to concerts anymore. I just can't do it. As individual people, I like people. I like a person. Like, I can have a conversation with most people. Yeah. Our, in general, our listeners, I would want to talk to you about these movies. I do not want to fucking watch it with the anonymous you. Because the anonymous you is a piece of shit. Because you talk. I feel like you may have missed out then because that, to me, was the way to see Get Out. You, we went and saw Get Out. Oh, I saw Get Out twice with that huge group of people. Where, did they yell at the screen? A couple times. Okay. So that wasn't, went, that like, wasn't so bad. You're... Every single like every single moment that there was that someone could yell at the screen, they did. And Jordan Peele knew that they were going to, gave them the time to yell exactly what they were going to yell, yep. and then immediately subverted it. And it made that movie even better. There's uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 is sort of a comedy movie. And the director had the same thing where he was smart enough to know what the punchline that that one asshole in the movie theater was going to have. Mm-hmm. So he just laid it to them on a platter. Nice. Uh, and that's the idea. Um, so, yeah, I guess I did enjoy Get Out for that reason. And the other part is like the second time I'm watching the audience and my wife watch it because mm-hmm. I already know what's happening. Yeah. Um, if there was ever a movie where I felt like I had enough to say that I would want to do an audio <laughs> commentary other than like Lawnmower Man or Lawnmower Man 2, it would be Get Out. Have you only seen it the one one time? I've only seen it the one time, yeah. You got to see it twice. It's on HBO now. You got to see it the second time. Because the first time, I think I told you this when I talked about it before, the first time is like watching a magic trick happen. Yeah. And the second time is like watching you see how they pull off the magic trick. Uh, I watched a video with Jordan Peele reading a bunch of fan theories and commenting on them. That was pretty cool. Did he have anything that was worth repeating? I mean, some of it was just like, yeah, you spotted it. Good job. And a lot of it was like, um... Yeah, I that I wish I was that smart. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it was like, yeah, you crazy. Yeah, he seems I'm so excited about that guy, man. Like the fact I like, love like, Keen Peel. Like I have always loved oh, Keen Peel. Yeah, for for it was way too I would say it was way too smart. It was way smarter than a show like that needed to be. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls get out of it out of his ass. Yeah. It's like what else is this guy gonna come up with next? But it's also like can he ever live up to that? It's like heartbreak. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We should talk about these movies. Yeah. Or this probably. movie, this podcast is going to be seven hours long. <laughs> uh, all right. So it kills the guys in there. Uh, this movie to me was like, what if Shane Black made American Psycho, but when he wrote it, he had an open head wound? <laughs> like that to me is this movie. Okay. I cannot think of a better way to describe it. Uh, so Eric Freeman kills him in the movie theater, and then he ends up kind of going on the shooting spree. 
Mm-hmm. I assume this is your two minutes. Yes. Give me your two minutes of. Okay. <clears throat> so I like I love bad movies, and I haven't I haven't seen a lot of the zeitgeisty bad movies. I didn't know that this was one of them, but there's always been this clip that I've always loved. And so he uh he's out with uh Tiffany. Tiffany was her name? Don't know. Don't care. T- it was a T. I think it was t- Tiffany or Teresa or God, I don't remember. Anyway, he's out with her. He kills her ex and then kills her and then a cop is Hold on, like, hold on. He kills her ex by sticking by sticking jumper cables in his mouth. Yeah. And touches him the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's not how jumper cables work. That's not how jumper cables work, and he also would have been electrocuted. Yes, if he was touched, hypothetically, in a world where that exists and he's getting electrocuted, he literally like held the guy's head and neck mm-hmm. for like 10 seconds. Yeah. He would have been electrocuted. There, there's sparks flying in his mouth mm-hmm. as he's just touching him. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so he kills them, whatever. Cop comes, pointing a gun at him, and doesn't tell him to get down, just immediately is like, I got you, and then has the gun in his face. And he obviously uh, rustles it away from him and shoots the cop in the head. So now, I recognize the bad acting. I recognize that awful blue sweater. Mm-hmm. And I recognize someone with a gun. <laughs> and I'm like, is this it? Is this the movie? Is this the movie? And then he kills somebody. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't the movie. And then, like... Uh, He's going down. I was like, well, he's still, he's still going. And then it happens. Garbage day. <laughs> it's, it is one of my all time favorite <laughs> clips that I've ever seen. And I didn't know that it was coming in this I made movie. Sure, I, I assumed that you knew that clip because you're, <laughs> you're an internet guy. Mm-hmm. I assumed you knew that clip, but I made sure that you didn't know it was yeah. coming. And it sounds like it worked out exactly. I was worried that you'd recognize him immediately. No. But it doesn't sound like thing. that happened. That's perfect. But yes. I recognized the sweater and the bad acting and the fact that he had a gun. That's the other thing. And reason. I like, I, 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 usually wa- I usually watch these in a recliner. Like I put the recliner down and I sat <laughs> on the, literally on the edge staring at the TV with a big ass fucking grin on my face. Like, I think this is it. I think this is it. Please, God, let this be it. Yeah, I have my notes. Uh, he's going to say it at a bunch of exclamation points. And then he said it at a bunch of exclamation points. So he, sa- he says garbage day and shoots him. And I had to pause from laughter. But okay. then, uh, so then a little girl bikes directly into his crotch. And he sends her off. And then... A car's coming at him. Holy shit. And this shit. fucking stunt. Like. Let's pause for a second. Real quick. I want to finish off the garbage day thing okay. before we get into this. Okay. You're like winded. Excited. So that's the other reason why I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want you IMD being this is because I felt like you would have known this. And I, the reaction you had is exactly what I wrote it in my head. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, and two. Uh, we've never done this before because it's editing and I don't, there's far too many podcasts that put in trailers and things like that. 
uh, into their thing, and it's just not what we do. But just for everybody, because I think this is such a big deal that you know what we're talking about with the garbage day thing, uh, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to edit it in right here. So what you're going to hear is I'm going to edit the clip of Eric Freeman shooting a guy that's walking out just carrying his garbage. He just He's carrying his garbage to the curb. That's it. And that was it right there. You just heard Garbage Day. So great. <laughs> it is so great. Uh, and if you were intrigued by that, go ahead and do the YouTube clip. There's a thousand different variations out yeah. there um, because his acting really puts it over the top. Um, garbage Day. So there's a car coming. <laughs> so there's a car coming. And there is a mount. Uh, uh, he's still giggling right now. So there's a car coming towards him as he's walking down the middle of the street and they've built a mound at an angle so that the car will flip, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and we just did episode 50 where I was so thrilled with the incredible stunts in Maniac Cop 2, right? And I think you were impressed. Not as, not as thrilled as I was, but impressed. However, this stunt in... What are you doing? Did you spit on the thing? There was debris on the windscreen. <laughs> so... However, the stunt that we see at the end of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is not, in my opinion, on par with Maniac Cop 2. No, but it's still fucking... Because this feels way less competent. This feels like the same stunt as Samurai Cop where they let the dude burn and had the actors put him out. This should not have been taking place. No. That guy should not have been that close to that car. Maniac Cop 2... The fact that he jumps up that quick and is a stunt coordinator and a, dir- a stunt actor, mm-hmm. it was a good, f- he knew what he was doing and they did a good job doing it. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, what you get is a man standing in the middle of the road. A small car comes up and goes up on two wheels and then turns to flip. And there is a man that is so close to it that if he did not recoil slightly he would have gotten hit he, by this he car has to move like a half a step to the left or he would or have his, died like and it still comes within like inches of his face yes it is not this is when i talk about the jackass style things this is the line like where it stops being impressive to me and it starts being like actually scary and you get mad for them going through with that or whatever yeah um it's horrific in how close it could have been to tragedy. I was just like, oh, that was stupid. <laughs> it was so dumb. But the, that's what I would say the difference is. Maniac Cop, the end of Maniac Cop, when you watched him fly off of the uh, dock mm-hmm. with that, was impressive because you could see how cl- And then you saw the other angle, like, oh, he's not quite as close. So it's a combination of filmmaking and an incredible stunt put together to give you the illusion that someone is still dangerous. Yeah, definitely. But in more danger than in reality, I'm sorry, more danger that they're presenting than reality. There's no difference in the perception and the reality of this stunt. Yeah. This is someone that could have died. Definitely. 
I don't even know what else to say. It's yeah. Shame on you. <laughs> Am I missing anything from Silent Night Deadly Night Two? Uh, with the end when he kills Mother Superior. Uh, she's in house number six six six. It's real subtle. Overall thoughts. Did also do they think a stroke like causes like face warts? Okay, <laughs> you said that. I saw her and I was like, "Did she get burned or something?" And I rewound to try to figure out if I missed something. No, she had a stroke. Yeah, but I was wor- I was thinking like Billy might have thrown her in a fire or something. No, uh, that didn't happen. No, but I was genuinely confused because she turned into Two Face somehow. <laughs> yeah, they said she had a stroke, <laughs> and I can understand like like saggy face, like hasn't been taken care of, but it's just covered in like boils there's one that goes that's on her eyebrow that extends and like obviously she like someone's holding the thumb over the lens of a camera she looks like rl like, stein do you know rl stein i don't think i've ever goosebumps author he has the biggest mole ever hanging off of his forehead he's got like a seal thing going on no seal has more like divots and stuff oh no not seal uh oh god damn it John, John Merrick. I don't know who that is. The Elephant Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the big fucking chorizo on their face? I don't know. And Uncle Buck, a guy gives uh, John Candy gives her a quarter to chew that thing off of her face. No, nothing. I worked with awesome a woman powers. once. I worked with a woman once who had the biggest fucking wart on the end of her nose. Like it was just off-putting. And at one point, like, I put lotion on, and she was like, oh, let me smell your lotion. And I moved my hand up to let her smell it, and she moved her face down, and my hand touched her nose. She's like, oh, you hit my wart. <laughs> and I was just like, I have to go cut off my hand now. <laughs> this is the most disgusting thing I've ever done in my life. Um, overall thoughts, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I, I, basically what I said in the beginning, it's a great two minutes. Than a really shitty movie. I feel like I watch this more as like a, a historical thing that I'm like, holy shit, how does this movie exist? Like it's 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 a time capsule. It's like an e true Hollywood story of this is the result of what happens when they 100 percent are just blatantly trying to grab whatever money uh, that they can get and somehow captured something that I think deserves to to be seen and live on. I figured out who it was. Okay. It's Aaron Neville. Don't know who that is. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Don't know what that is. Isn't that all I need? I'm assuming this is someone that had a stroke based off how you're singing. No, he just has like a Hmm. big fucking piece of chorizo in his face. I, uh, I just got back from going out of town with work and, uh, not to get all fancy pants, but like we on these private jets. Sounds way cooler than what it is. Like there's no champagne or anything. Yeah. I've been on one of those private jets. Yeah. Anyway. It's just scary. Because so- <laughs> the first time, literally, this is the first time I've ever flown in the world is on one of these shitty jets. We hit the runway and then we go 90 degrees one way and then back and then 90 degrees and then back 90 degrees and then back 
And it's like, oh, look, there's the forest, there's the runway, there's the forest, there's the runway, there's the forest, there's the runway. I'm going to go throw up and piss myself and die. So we were on Dale Earnhardt model of plane. <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, I get people buying a Dale Earnhardt coffee mug or something, but this is a freaking, like, 100-person plane that, like, has the three logo on the side, and it's, like, got his fake signature written on it. So you weren't joking. You were actually on a... Air, uh, Dale Earnhardt plane. Yeah, I thought that was a joke. Like you were gonna die. No, <laughs> no, it was like I, I, I'm sure he didn't design it, but for whatever reason, they've emblazoned his name on the side or whatever. And uh, holy shit! I know. There's a, I've shown him a picture of Aaron Neville. <laughs> <laughs> you got money, dude. Get that thing whacked off your face. I know, right? But at a certain point, like that's maybe what you're known for. I don't yeah. Know. He also. Like whenever he's saying he, <laughs> like he always sounded like he had a reverb going through the microphone, but it's just his voice. Uh, so anyway, so like I'm walking to the plane on the runway, and I'm not paying that close of attention, and I don't know what they are, but like they're the little things that hang off the back of the wing. I don't know what their point, the point of them is, but they're these teeny tiny little plastic pieces that hang out parallel to the wing perpendicular to the wing with little nubs on the ends i assume they have lights on them maybe okay yeah uh and i grazed one of them on the side of my face and almost poked my eye out with them because it's exactly at like your height (laughs) and like the rest of the day i was just horrified like i kept replaying if i had like walked one inch to the right like, I literally would have jabbed my eyeball out on a wing of a plane. <laughs> that would have sucked. <laughs> Wouldn't that have sucked? Uh, I have in my house, like, a uh, the corner to the hallway, like, one of them, it has, like, this weird, like, shelf that, like, every time I go by it, like, that's, it, I think that's just going to poke me right in the eye, like, the corner of it. Going to go right in my eye. I thought I ripped a nipple off by shutting my nipple in a car door once. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, I know, like, as men, we have bigger boobs than we should, but how does that happen? So I literally didn't close it in, so, like, it was a car, so it's exactly, like, the corner of the of the door is exactly at nipple level, and I was still, like, half in it, and I slammed it shut, and it was just the corner just grabbed Ripped a hold it. of my nipple and, yeah. and nipped it, yeah. So it was literally, like, bleeding, but I think I was, like getting ready to walk into work like at that restaurant we talked about so i was just like ah my nipple i hope i don't bleed through my shirt what is happening so i just had to like excuse myself and go to the bathroom real quick and really all i'm doing is like assessing the state of my nipple (laughs) uh Uh, jack frost i will talk about jack frost now sorry no go for it go for it so uh i was in a meeting at work once i might have told this story because i told this story recently and uh so i'm talking to people and just like in the course of scratching or whatever, I put my hand between my legs and I realized at some point during the meeting that, or not during the meeting, that during my work day, I assume my pants ripped in the crotch and just like something about Mary, I don't know the logistics of how it worked out, but I had a testicle popping through my underwear and out my khaki pants because what? I felt testicle. So I'm like sitting in this meeting like looking people in the eye, trying to push a testicle back into back into my pants, and then Luckily just it's khaki colored. 
and then just sitting with my legs closed for the rest of the time. Holy shit. Yeah, it was horrific. Like, <laughs> uh, Jack Frost, synopsis. Jack Frost. Uh, <laughs> a killer is turned into a killer snowman. He goes to get his revenge. Nice. Overall thoughts? Uh, it was just fucking fun. Like, this movie is just fucking fun. Uh, so my overall thoughts is I watched this movie and I remembered, like, I remember renting this movie probably pretty pretty quick after it came out and it came with a the vhs had a lenticular cover mm-hmm. to where it would be the jack frost that you know and see and love on the dvd cover and then it would go to the other side of the image and it would be a regular snowman so it was like nice snowman mean snowman nice yeah and i remembered really enjoying it to the point where i bought it and hadn't rewatched it and i watched this and i had so much fucking fun watching this movie that the next day i watched jack frost too <laughs> That's how much I enjoyed this. I'm so glad that you felt the same way because it was fun. Wait, you watched Jack Frost too? Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait for the podcast? I really thought that I could, but I couldn't. Because <laughs> I'm excited. I like, this is one of the few times, so I was sitting in my in my chair and this one's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, go watch it. It's like the third result for Jack Frost. Yeah. There's also another Jack Frost from like 1920 that has this image, which is obviously a family movie. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But you'd give me the DVD for Silent Deadly Night 2, and that was in the other room, so I didn't have to leave my chair. So this is one of the few times I've actually watched the movies out of order. No, oh, okay. to. So I watched this one first, and uh, yeah, it was a whole lot of fucking fun. And I was just like, fuck, why aren't I watching Jack Frost 2 now? <laughs> Nope, Silent Night, Another Night. Yeah, it was worth it. Yep. Uh, so that we the very beginning we get is uh, our credits, which is uh, Christmas tree ornaments. Yeah. And then and starts off awesome and starts out super fun with this guy telling his, uh, what I assume is, what's the woman with the close eyes together for Maximum Overdrive? Lisa Simpson. Oh. Uh, see, the whole time I was Sharby thinking- Vinson. I don't remember her name. The whole time I was thinking it was like uh, Bride of Chucky. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly trying to do like, like a child's bad Marilyn Monroe impression. Yeah, it was like a child. It was supposed to be a child's voice. Yeah, but it was def- It was obviously a woman doing a bad child's voice. Yes. So it came off like somewhat childlike and somewhat like a woman trying to do a sexy baby voice it, like Marilyn Monroe It definitely style. did, yeah. And it was weird and it was annoying and I hated it. Really? I thought it was super fun. Like, because they go back and forth and he's telling him a bedtime story. And then they does this rhyme about Jack Frost gouging out ice with candlesticks. Yeah. And it set the tone immediately for me. Sure. I found it all incredibly annoying. But the whole rest of the movie made up for it for me. Uh, so Jack Frost is actually Jack Frost for a very limited amount of time. His name is Jack Frost. And he's not a snowman. No. He's just a, a dude named killer. Jack Frost that likes killing people. Yes. Uh, and he is in a van paddy wagon marked specifically that it is the execution transportation vehicle. Yeah. That is a very specific vehicle. That's a very, that vehicle gets used like twice a year. <laughs> and don't they have them there, I assume, more than like 20 minutes before they're supposed to die? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he's being yeah. transported there like... They looked at MapQuest, decided that it was 28 minutes, 
and then they left 29 minutes before he was to be executed. <laughs> yeah. Because the people are counting down this time. And it's, so the, the windshield wipers are going, it's snowing heavily, the windshield wipers are going, they've got this tiny little real estate, and both the driver and the passenger are like head, <laughs> head to head looking out this window. Like, you don't need to be there, other guy. Why are you there? He's helping. He's helping drive. <laughs> they both they each have one hand on the wheel, yeah. and it's a team effort. Uh, so Jack Frost, the actor that's playing him, thinks that he's Hannibal Lecter? Basically, Definitely, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I was also wondering, like, do you think that he thought this was his moment like Brad Dorf had? Like... Brad Dorf was Chucky and was just doing this one-off movie. Mm-hmm. He definitely thought, like, this could be my ch- – I could be fucking Chucky. Right? Sure. I mean, he definitely gave it his all. Like, it was great. Uh, and the – so they end up getting into a car wreck, uh, which I think Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie pays an homage to. Okay. They get into a car wreck in the vehicle. Yeah. Just because it has a car wreck? In that car wreck, one of the passengers goes through the window, windshield. Semantics. <laughs> Saying without Jack Frost, Halloween 2 would not exist. Okay. Uh, well, there, then maybe there, we don't need, maybe the world doesn't need Jack Frost. <laughs> there is a uh, a farmer's pickup truck with a wood uh, bed hauling genetic material. To be fair, it did say like genetic, genetic lab something. I don't remember. Uh, and they get into a car wreck, and the G looked like a hand holding a test tube. By the way, <laughs> I like that. I like their little logo. Uh, I loved the beginning of this wreck because, like, holy shit, we're gonna wreck! Holy shit, we're gonna wreck! And it goes to slow motion, mm-hmm. and the two bumpers get super, super close together, and, and they, they finally just, touch. They just kiss, and they go, ding. ding. And, and then it's just hard, violent, horrific crash. Uh, but by hard, violent, horrific crash, <laughs> it's the camera. The cutting. camera cuts yeah, and, and spins and yeah. swirls around. Which I th- this is an example where this is the first example where you can tell like this director knew what he was making. Also, he didn't have he didn't have the budget to probably do everything. No, but he spent his money wisely. He definitely did. So he embraced the fact, I have no money for this car cha- car wreck, Right. so I'm going to embrace the fact that I don't have any money. And one step of short of saying, like, Wayne's World, when it says, like, gratuitous sex scene, mm-hmm. he basically put on the bottom of the screen, like, cheap car wreck. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like, with because it was just spitting. Yeah. Uh, but he saves his money, because he spends $0 on this car wreck, and he spends half of his budget on the next scene, which is where Jack Frost... So apparently... It's this big container of genetic material, Mm -hmm. and there's a pressure sensor, and it's pressurized. Right. And it's not pressurized uh, and open. I think it was supposed to be like a refrigerator truck. Yeah, okay. And the temperature was going up, and that was causing the pressure to go up. That makes sense. That sounds right. But there's no valve release. Like, when they empty this genetic material, apparently you don't let it out of a valve or uh, hook it up to any type of a hose. It has like a hook and latch door (laughs) right that says warning genetic acid (laughs) which (laughs) what so this door pops off and sprays jack frost in the face before he gives the line this is gonna hurt (laughs) like right when that line is i made this note like i think this movie is my kind of cheesy (laughs) 
So, uh, and this is where they spent their money because he has an awesome scene where he spends like a minute and a half melting and goes through the stages of like, it's burning my flesh down to skeleton to literally nothing like ooze right. on and, the ground. And then it cuts to like inside his genetics material changing and it's like Frosty the Snowman animation. Yes. And then like the, the his like genes, whatever they are, like getting spikes and mm -hmm. and. Frosty shit. John Favreau also ripped off Jack Frost because he stole the idea of using the claymation style modeling into a real movie from Jack Frost. Just throwing it out there. Well, that wasn't claymation. That was regular 2D animation. No, 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 but it's the same idea. He stole from Frosty. John Favreau stole from Rudolph. Okay. It's two movies that wouldn't exist so far. You just said he stole from Rudolph. He stole from Frosty. <laughs> you Wait, said no. John he Favreau. stole from Frosty. Jan Fa John Favreau stole from Rudolph. Yeah. So he didn't saying. steal from Jack Frost. He got the ideal to steal by stealing the idea to okay. steal. <laughs> I get it. Yes. Okay. Good. We're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, think... I'm just making the point that without Jack Frost, we would not have any movies post-1997. Yeah. I'm just laying sense. it on the line right that now. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So they were hauling this acid, right? And it was completely untested. He said, we've never even tested it on an amoeba. So why are you transporting it? What purpose? Well, <laughs> like, I, well, you have to when you make the everybody knows when you very first time you create any type of new genetic acid, you have to make ten thousand gallons, right? And then you transport and then you it. transport yeah. it. That's just how science works, right? So you make it in one lab mm -hmm. and then you transport it to the other side of the country to to test it for another to another lab mm -hmm. to test it makes sense that's what they did with wd1 through 39 okay is they made 10,000 gallons they transported across the country and the then wd40 they they're like what if we just what if we just test it here and lo and behold it works mm -hmm. maybe one through 39 would have been fine too it's probably the testing facility that's the problem yeah or the transport maybe the the transport truck was getting too lubricated and it messed with everything hmm uh, so Jack Frost disappears. By the way, Jack Frost is very much psychocop, like with how he's <laughs> overplaying this. Uh, I think it's he's better than psychocop. He is better than psychocop. <laughs> it's on par with psychocop too. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. So he ends up melting completely, and then they're like, "Where the fuck did Jack Frost go? Mm -hmm. He just is gone." Yeah. Cut to. The sheriff. Right. The sheriff of what town? Uh, Snowminton. 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 S-N-O-W. Like, bad, like badminton, but with snow instead of bad. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what does that sound like? Uh... Like, like I don't think there... I don't think stuff. there is anything. I don't think there... That couldn't well, mean like anything badminton. else. I gave it to you already. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Snowminton. Yeah, Snowminton. Yeah, Snowminton. Which... Snowmintown. <laughs> It obviously sounds like badminton. Uh, which I love because I feel like th this is the easiest job ever for the set designer <laughs> because the set designer just had to go to the dollar store and buy everything that had snowman on it. <laughs> yeah. Any item that had a snowman, they just brought to this movie because every coffee cup has a snowman. The little kid who is way too old to be playing with puppets has mm -hmm. a snowman puppet. Yeah. Which he uses to reference when he's building Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, wait, wait, what does a snowman look like? <laughs> I've never seen one before. Let me put this puppet on my hand. Okay, button, button eyes. Uh huh. And where does the carrot go? Oh, it's a nose. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, this kid was totally 1997, though. <laughs> like, that hair yeah. was exactly like everybody's just listening to Marcy Playground and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, had that hair. What did. Why does this kid just want to like cook shit? Because, like, not only that, why are (laughs) not that you want to discourage your kids from doing what they love, but like he's he's doing it obviously like without their knowledge. Mm -hmm. He's just like surprising them with cookies and weird oatmeal. Yeah, I I think that's a as a parent of kid about this age, Mm -hmm. that's about right. Like, it wasn't a big deal because they were like four dollar sandals, but I have a sandal that my eight-year-old hot glued a bunch of crayons to to make this art piece Mm -hmm. which is just a sandal with a ton of fucking crayons hot glued to it yeah at that point you're probably more pissed off about the crayon cost of the crayons Uh, yeah but that's to me that's the same thing yeah really um so that didn't seem that odd but we did get a little easter egg here when you see all the ingredients that he uses uh we won't talk about it yet we'll save that for the end of the podcast was it there but the, it was, it was there. there in the kitchen. It was there because yeah. I remembered. I remembered the end of the movie, and I saw it sitting there. It's in the kitchen, and I was like, "Good for you, movie." Yeah, you told us that from the beginning. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so they, the police. Let's let's talk for a moment. We talk. We said this guy is thinks that he's Hannibal Lecter. He thinks that he's Brad Dorf. He's playing the craziest version of Freddy Krueger that there is, mm-hmm. right? He's going to end up having these witty witty sayings and puns. However, by far, the best actor in the entire movie is the sheriff. Like, he plays this movie 100% serious. Like, he plays yeah. this like he is in Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And he is looking for Jack Frost as his Hannibal Lecter. Right. And the majority of the other characters in the movie play this too. And that's why I think that it works so well is because you do have this completely bizarre thing. They're not playing it like a trauma movie where they're acknowledging that it's super dumb. Mm-hmm. They know, but they're playing it straight. Yeah. And that's what makes it for me. Yeah. Uh, that, and you get these little random flourishes. So, like, the, fir- the first, the sheriff and his deputies get called to a death, and it's this man sitting on a, uh, a rocking chair, mm-hmm. and his head has been pulled back so far that he broke his neck. Yeah. And I'm watching it. And I had seen this movie 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So I didn't remember. But this rocking chair is just fucking rocking. And yeah, I watched it with Marianne and she was like, why the fuck is that rocking chair rocking? It's pissing me off. Like, and, it's a, and the thing it is. It shouldn't be ro- Somebody's rocking it. It shouldn't be rocking. Uh, so it's pretty obvious that somebody's rocking this fucking rocking chair. Yeah. And they talk for two minutes while the rocking chair is just going. And they're having this big conversation. And I'm like looking in the trees, looking if the wind is blowing the leaves at all or anything. Yeah. Uh, and what's our payoff? He, he tells his deputy to stop doing that, and he's been like rocking with his foot the whole time. <laughs> and, that's, and I was like, I look over Mary, and she's like, "Okay, yeah, that was good." And I was like, "Ah, this movie!" <laughs> but that's like that's a real life little tiny thing yeah. that I that I love that, that that's what takes this from the level of just being this trauma bullshit mm-hmm. uh, with bad acting and everything to being like a genuinely like. The joke is the movie, not the characters like, making the joke. The director loved making this movie. Oh, for sure. And he was good at it. Mm-hmm. 
it's so rare to get that in these type of movies. Oh yeah. Like like he was going for a B movie, but it wasn't like he was going for a B movie, you know, like some people try too hard. Mm-hmm. I like everything fell embra- over the top but genuine. He embraced the fact that he was making a fucking killer snowman movie. Yeah. He said I'm going to make the best fucking killer snowman movie there ever was. Uh we then go to the FBI's dire- uh, FBI agent's office, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure had the same set director as the theater scene in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, yeah. because it's just a blue office with a sticker on the wall and a desk. Yeah. Very tight shots. Yes. Uh, that's most of this movie that's not like the sheriff's office or a house. Yeah. It's just very tight, tight shots. Yeah. Uh, we get another sledding kill. This one is little kids. Yeah. Look, Jack Frost Again, decapitates a little kid. Yeah. As, uh, and it's wonderful. Yeah. He's like sledding. It's one of those. Did, did you ever own one of those sleds no. that had like the ice skate things? No, no. It's one of those. And like apparently Jack Frost pushes him right in the way of a sled and it just decapitates him mm-hmm. as head flies into the air. Uh, and this is when we first really see Jack Frost. Right. Because he, he's he's Mew, he's he's used his puppet Muse, and he, he's putting him out there. Yep. Uh, so Jack Frost is a six and a half foot tall uh, giant piece of felt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, you saw when they go, when the sheriff goes into town... And they're having like the snowman yeah. off. Yes, those all looked like hot garbage because like they were was... real. What? There was real snow at points. Yeah, and then there was also coconut These... at points. Right, because they, they just looked like furry styrofoam, yeah. <laughs> which is basically probably what they were. They also it almost looked like feathers. So at the beginning scene of like in town, also they referenced like they could barely get in because of the snow. But snow was concentrated only to where they could spend the thousand dollars for the little bit of snow on the sidewalk, right? Uh, because snow, I'm wherever they were assuming, I'm assuming wasn't the Midwest, mm-hmm. and it was would be super expensive to get snow. So they probably spent what they thought was a lot of money. Like let's get two thousand dollars worth of snow. That should be good, right? Yeah. And it like they showed up and gave them four five gallon <laughs> buckets full of snow, and they just had to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, but again, I find that kind of charming that they're like, no, it's totally snowing here. Yeah. And they're all sweating beads by the palm <laughs> trees. <laughs> uh, Jack Frost's head ended up getting knocked off at some point around this time. And then they pick it up very lackadaisically. His head was two feet around. Right. It would be 45 pounds yeah, if you were to pick up snow. that much snow. A kid couldn't have picked that up. No. But a kid just goes, whoop, put it back on. Uh, then Jack Frost kills uh, someone else by with an axe. Yeah, he go he goes to the, the he just killed that kid. So then he goes to uh, their parents' house mm-hmm. uh, where Shannon Elizabeth is being a whore. Which. Uh, is she being a whore? Well, she's going out to see a boy. And he says, where are you going well, dressed like that? Wait, wait, hold on. We we just skipped. This is her brother that just got decapitated. Right. And she's like, I'm going to go see a boy. Which yeah. I can kind of get that. She's a selfish teenager. Yeah. But her her mom also gets over the death of this child very, very quickly. I think her mom, I think the point of her mom is like, I want to talk about that. Like, her, she's, she is like just in shock. 
And so I feel like a lot of, I feel like that's kind of a mom instinct is like, you know, the let it go, conceal, don't feel kind of thing to just go numb, but still take care of your family. And so what do you do? How do you take care of your family at Christmas? You know, you may, you have decorations and everything and she just wants to light the the tree. Mm-hmm. And he's like, your kid isn't even dead for five hours and you want festivities. I, I enjoyed their relationship. Yeah. It's feel, it felt as real as a cheesy B movie couple could get. Uh, so how did the guy die with the ax? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Because they obviously chopped off an ax and put it in his mouth, Mm -hmm. but it's sticking straight out. So it didn't, was it supposed to have gone through the back of his head or is it supposed to have gone down his throat? Because if it went through the back of his head, it would have also went into the ground. And if it went down his throat, it wouldn't be at that angle. Okay, you're thinking too much. So <laughs> Jack Frost has a fucking axe, which the by the definition of what an axe is, it will cut things and will chop things very well, right? That's what it's designed to do. Right. So he takes the handle of the axe and shoves it down this dude's throat. Yeah. And I loved that. <laughs> loved it so much. I loved that he's taunting him. Like, like he finally realizes that it's the snowman. And so he like goes to grab the axe, and he's it's like stuck in the piece of wood. And Jack Frost is like, "Yeah, come on, you'll get it. Keep trying, you'll get it out." <laughs> I I really love Jack Frost in this movie. Uh, he also kills uh, the mother here soon. She had said earlier she really just wanted to be an angel on a tree, and I was like, "She's going to become a fucking angel on a tree." Yeah. Uh, and he kills her and strings her up on the Christmas tree. Marianne really appreciated that because she was like. Finally, someone's being choked with lights. Like, she thought that should have been happening the whole movie. Mm. Uh, here's another scene with the uh, the cops that I really enjoyed. Is they're having this very serious conversation around this dead woman. Mm-hmm. And then the one deputy just pulls out a, Pez, a, a snowman Pez dispenser. Right. And just takes a, takes a Pez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciated that shot, like, through the tree. Yeah. As they're, like, staring at her. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was really well directed. <laughs> It didn't deserve to be, <laughs> but it really was. Uh, did you notice the police tape decoration in the police station? No. So they used police tape to cut out uh, oh, decorations. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just these little things that I keep seeing throughout the movie. it's a small town. What do they have excess of? Police tape. Because, you know, they're, not sure gonna they they're not going to use it. They're not going to use it. Exactly. Um they he references uh so the sheriff is is going toe-to-toe a little bit with this fbi guy so this fbi guy has showed up and he's got like this geneticist guy and they're trying to find jack frost the fbi guy's goal is to get him because he doesn't want him to kill anybody uh the genetic geneticist guy is like this is the only time it's worked holy shit how does this work the only time it's been tested um we need to find him because he's he's our rosetta stone and Rosetta Stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so we'll just move on past that. The, the sheriff at one point said he, they were under the advisement of local federal officers. <laughs> <laughs> it literally says the words local federal. I mean, that's a thing. They're branches of FBI. 
Uh, that is not the way that this sure, meant. Maybe it not. was incredible. Um, the wife has an emergency at the home that the deputy helps her fix with water uh, exploding from the drain yeah. of her kitchen. Mm-hmm. So the way water works, water comes in through the inlet right. and out through the drain. Mm-hmm. The water was just pouring out of the drain, which wouldn't be happening if there wasn't any water going down the drain. Right. The I'm glad end. you know how plumbing works. There you go. Uh, so Jack Frost really has it out for this family. He kills the son. Yes. Then he kills the mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then he goes after the sister. Y- who is Shannon Elizabeth. Yes. <clears throat> and she is, uh, I love this scene. Uh, so she's getting ready to sleep with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. However, it is winter. Right. So they are very cold. Yes. So they're getting naked. Mm-hmm. How long does that take? Uh, I mean, they take off several layers. So they stand there and it's like this supposed, like every layer, it's going to be like, oh, here's the reveal of her breasts. She's going to be sexy. And she's wearing another layer of clothing yeah. because it's winter. Like, that's hilarious. Right. Thank you so much, movie. And then, you know, it's cold and wet outside. So what does she do? She dries all her hair. Because mm-hmm. that's what you would do. She wants a roaring fire. She dried her hair. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do if you dry your hair? You get in the shower. You get in the bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, not to be outdone by Silent Night, Deadly Night. This is where we get our rape scene. Yeah. It, it's totally. How is it not? Okay. It's non-consensual touching. But to be fair, she raped him first. By getting in the bathtub? Right. He got in the bathtub after she was there. No, th- he was the water. Oh, yeah, there. he was in the drain. Yeah, he was the water coming in. He was the water in No, there. don't try to justify that. She entered him first. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so he's the bathtub water. Why he, is there a white history month? <laughs> he turned, Whoa, that got out of hand. I he, apologize. He turns into a snowman and ends up raping her with his carrot penis and then takes it off and puts it on his nose. What? I didn't get that at all. Yes. Why do you She's th- in the bathtub and the carrot plops up. Mm-hmm. And then during the rape scene, where is the carrot? Okay. And then he picks it up and puts it back on his face and makes a comment about it. Oh, I missed that because I was typing about how she like waved to somebody out a window, but when they cut, there's no window anywhere near her. Yeah, yeah. And that's not how like she, she couldn't have been waving. It was with because it was with her left hand. Yes, but her left hand was inside him. Yes. Yeah. Everything about that. But I did like the guy who was like, uh, hello, I'll wave back. <laughs> Have you ever had that thing where you wave at somebody who's not waving at you yes. or acknowledge someone that's not acknowledging you? Yeah. Like, oh, hi. Okay. Ooh, yep. That wasn't for I me. I feel the worst. <laughs> I've never felt lonelier in my life. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. going to go kill myself. Uh, he. We then find out that he can shoot icicles like they're Nerf guns. He finds that out, too. He's just like, let me try a thing. And he's like, holy shit, that's awesome. I can do this. It feels like in Extra 3 when he just learned he could spit because he just starts firing these icicles and killing people with it. Yeah, okay. So he shoots him in like the the arm, like in the shoulder or something. And then to kill him, 
he shoots him through the head, through the brain. Mm-hmm. And then the icicle, like it goes through the back, through the brain, mm-hmm. through the wooden door. Well, the brain, which is under pressure, it's pressurized. Right. So it goes through the door, and then the icicle recedes, mm-hmm. and then it beats like a heart. Yeah. Well, it's under pressure. The brain, <laughs> the brain, the brain beats like a heart. Yeah. Obviously. It, and as soon as like that's why they have to relieve pressure sometimes is because it will just start just spewing out it's like uh it's like a balloon that is made to fit into something that is much smaller than itself (laughs) okay it's not it didn't make any sense it didn't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i like when you try to talk science it's fun the movie suddenly turned into a western and by that i mean the movie pretended it was a western like the sheriff started saying, like, this reminds me of one of these stories when I was doing this. And the music cues are Westerns, and the shot is a Western, uh, and they're all standing there. And the joke is, this is a Western now, and we're going to have our big standoff. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, even before that, when, like, they're all doing that. Uh, so, FBI guy has this awesome handgun that has, like, a, a red dot... Uh, sight and basically all blinged out with every accessory you could possibly put on a handgun and he shoots jack frost Mm -hmm. and he's like i thought you said conventional weapons wouldn't work and it does nothing he shoots him like three times it obviously does nothing Mm -hmm. and he's like claiming victory (laughs) right which i thought was great (laughs) then he goes inside and delivers, which I thought was going, it's so difficult, because this episode also had Garbage Day. But if we're talking one of the best lines in cinematic history, I think this might be it. In that, uh, they they get inside, they close the door, and Jack Frost melts and starts coming through the door. And the FBI guy aims his gun at the water, (laughs) fires twice, and says, damn it, it's not working. (laughs) He shoots water twice and yells, damn it, it's not working. I love this was a great movie. This movie was fantastic. Uh so they they end up deciding that what they're going to do is they can melt him with uh with hair dryers. Mm-hmm. So they somehow managed to come up with ten hair dryers and a really long system of cords. Uh, and get it to our four people that we know, and then five peripheral characters we've never seen, mm-hmm. including a priest, which is awesome because he blesses himself <laughs> with with the hair blower. Yeah. And they all chase down Jack Frost and melt him. They take down. him to a, a boiler room. Yep. Uh, so they back him into there and stick him in the boiler, mm-hmm. and he. Evap- and then they immediately celebrate. Yes, <laughs> because we, that's they're like, "Will this work? I don't know. Let's try it." And then he, they immediately celebrate, like, "No results, but we're gonna say it worked." <laughs> it's like they all got on the carrier and brought down the banner that said, "We did it." <laughs> 
<laughs> like just 23 George Bushes in that town. I think they were celebrating that they accomplished their their <laughs> experiment. Well, he literally says so like the kid comes in he's like, "So the bad man's gone?" And he's like, "Yep, all gone." <laughs> we did it. Nope. Turns out evaporation is still a thing. Yep. And, and basically the pipes worked like a still. Yep. And Jack Pipe reconstitutes himself. Jack Pipe. Jack Frost <laughs> reconstitutes himself uh, and is back. He chases him outside and uh, ends up in the police car. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, he goes out. By the uh, way, don't forget, Jack Frost is a snowman. Yes. Okay? Don't Who let the fact that... He could turn himself into water. He could turn himself into water or shooting icicles. Yeah. Uh, and the beginning scene when we saw the little boy making dinner, or I'm sorry, breakfast for his father, uh, he ends up throwing that... Throws it in the garbage and then goes, I can't throw it in the garbage. I'll throw it in the car. So he ends up throwing it at Jack Frost during the scuffle, and it melts his face. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, holy shit, he's allergic to oatmeal. That's incredible. <laughs> What'd Fucking... you put in that oatmeal? <laughs> he's like, a- <laughs> antifreeze. <laughs> you know, I wanted you to keep antifreeze. Warm. Yes, I wanted you to keep warm. So what'd you put in there? Antifreeze. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Easter egg. That there's a big <laughs> yellow container. Of antifreeze sitting on the kitchen counter when he's making the stuff. Which is called Antifrost. It was the brand name. Yes. Yeah, it's good. So they figure out that is the way that you kill Jack Frost. Right. Is antifreeze. Yes. And then, so they get out of the police car and he, he Jack Frost gets out of the police car and it's like half of his face is gone. He's like, Mur. And then... A uh, pickup truck comes and hits oh, this him. Is the wor- this is genuinely the worst line of the movie. I hate this line. Well, I'm not talking about the line. I'm talking about the the pickup truck comes and... Oh, yeah, okay, I remember the line now. <laughs> but they have like half a second. There's very obviously a wire that they didn't even try to obfuscate or cut out or anything. That pulls the snowman off the screen. <laughs> like wire harness, whole rigmarole takes up a good 20% of the screen. <laughs> it's the most obvious wire I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. You know that this was Jack Frost, right? <laughs> eh, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And then he delivers the line. Uh, he flies away and says, hey, I could see your house from up here. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's like the one moment when I'm like, this movie, fuck this movie. But then there, it redeems itself so many times throughout that I don't mind. Um, so the the local hardware store owner, who in, an, in his own right has been an awesome character throughout this movie that we haven't talked about, because he is constantly trying to sell people every fucking thing. 20% off ammunition. And giving 20% off for every fucking yeah, reason. His markups are great. 20% off, 20% off salt. Uh, Everybody come down 20% off ammunition. Yeah. 20, hey, you want 20% off of that? No. Okay. <laughs> Good and, day. He, and he's always on. He's like, couldn't help but notice your shovel was looking a little old there. Yeah. <laughs> he's just. I got the salt. I could also bring you a, a snow shovel or what? <laughs> okay. Have a good day. I would hire that guy, man. He knows yeah. how to sell some stuff. Um, so he ends up using a tarp in the bed of his pickup truck and filling the bed of his pickup truck with antifreeze. The guy says. 
fill fill your truck with antifreeze. And I thought he meant Boxes. just throw a bunch of bottles <laughs> yes. in the back. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize he was actually going to make a pool <laughs> in the back of his truck of antifreeze. That's exactly what he did. Which he uh, does that and then immediately slams in reverse and 80% of the antifreeze <laughs> just sloshes, sloshes forward. Uh, so the sheriff ends up being penetrated in an oddly sexual way but okay where is he is he in the town brothel what the fuck i don't know they're upstairs in some bizarre it's like some weird sex club It's because and... it turned into a western it probably is the brothel <laughs> they're in the there's cafe swinging doors and everything uh sheriff pushes him out of the second story window and he lands in the back of the pickup truck filled with antifreeze mm-hmm. uh, and then credit to this actor yeah Hell yeah. Because he spends four minutes, not really exaggerating, wrestling with a pillow yeah. in green water, uh-huh. punching it, pretending that it's fighting back. Yeah. Like, it wins at one point, and he has to wrestle back. <laughs> so kudos to this guy, because it is very much just a wet pillow yeah. that he's wrestling with. Uh, and then, like, the arm got out, and the arm... The kid's like, hey, what about his arm? And it immediately wraps itself around his kid, his head. So then he, like, grabs the kid and dumps him in the antifreeze. And the whole time, I'm literally yelling at my screen, stop being an antifreeze. That's not good for you. <laughs> well, Stop being an antifreeze. It seems to be fine, though, because they all, like, lick their lips and <laughs> yeah. kiss one another, like, ten times. They're kissing each other's head and everything and kissing each other on the lips while yeah. they're covered in antifreeze. While they're sitting in antifreeze. <laughs> That's not good for your sperm count. That can't be. Uh, we we they might be in the town brothel though. We skipped it because they do a scene when you're they're running through like each room. Why did you call it a brothel? Because there's weird sex noises. There's weird sex noises, including a sheep. Yeah. So like they're making the joke of this is a weird kinky place. But also there were children's drawings on the bottom <laughs> that he used, that he ripped off the wall to use to stuff yeah, the, the crack exactly. of the door. Yeah. What the fuck is this place? <laughs> Does Snowminton have that much of a population <laughs> that A, there's a brothel, B, they feel comfortable enough to somewhat anonymous? Like, we both grew up in a small town. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody's shit. Like... I don't know. If the sheriff's looking the other way, dude. Yes. But still, like, you're going to have the, the town way. gossip. She's going to know everyone who goes in and out of that place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just for out-of-towners. That's how they keep their... Maybe. I mean, it's, it's called Snowminton. There's probably a lot of tourism. You can go to the local hardware store. He has uh, Trojans 20% discount. Yeah, Magnums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably, have a... F- probably not a, black, a lot of black people coming to Snowminton. We, <laughs> we have uh, a friend... He's the religious guy that we've referenced before. Okay. And he, uh, like, he had said, like, with a degree of, like, shame or whatever, that, like, he was trying to consummate a relationship or whatever. And then he, like, had to stop in between to go buy Magnums. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think you need to be ashamed of that, bro. <laughs> like, you, the story that you're telling me with, like, a degree of uh, embarrassment is not the way that I would tell that story. No. <laughs> uh Missing anything from Jack Frost, Justin? Just, I don't think I can say 
how much I loved this movie. I'm so glad that you felt like that because I definitely did as I watched this. I was I had so much fun. It was so great. And it is the 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 perfect combination of of being self-aware uh but not taking itself seriously uh and being uh horrible in all of the right ways that it knows what it is. I love this movie so much that if like coming up like next week isn't like Jack Frost 2 and Santa Slay or something, I'm going to be upset. Well, it's going to be past Christmas, so we'll talk about this in a year. It's going to be like the day after Christmas. Two days after Christmas. Hmm. Jack Frost or Silent Night of the Night 2? Jack Frost. Jack Frost. 100%. I agree. Are there any New Year's themed horror movies? There's New Year's Evil. All right. Maybe we're watching that? Maybe. Let's find out. Next week? Next week. First movie. First movie. Uh, This is the back? That's the back. Oh my god. Uh so I used to uh I was dating a girl for a while and she and her roommates had started this club that was like a movie club and somebody would pick a movie that they really enjoyed and once a month we would get together and, and watch it. And I remember this movie that i'm holding in my hand uh the trailer had just dropped during one of those and we watched it on youtube and we all thought it was like the scariest fucking trailer we'd ever seen uh and that movie is the babadook uh i'm not looking forward to this okay (laughs) what are you looking at uh it's the uh, drawing or a silhouette of the babadook and on the back is a drawing of the babadook and in the middle is a Babadook pop-up book. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. It's Babadook, Babadook. I don't know. Better watch and find out. I think, I don't know, remember what's on the image on the other side? Because it's got a slip cover. So we'll see if we can give you any more. Oh, there's a Blu-ray inside. And it's a picture of the Babadook. And uh, kids. Or is that a kid and a mom? Someone's a kid and a mom. Yeah, it's a kid and a mom. That kid looks creepy. Even the kid looks creepy. <laughs> so what are we going to see in this movie? I don't know, but I don't like it. It's a creepy, like, weird ghost horror monster movie I'm not excited about. <laughs> Remember, I'm a pussy. I want fun stuff. <laughs> Second movie. Second movie. Oh, okay. Good. A movie that I've been wanting to see for a while. Uh, I know the premise of, and I'm very excited about the premise. Nothing short of amazing, says Rolling Stone. Real film says it's an instant classic. Uh, The best horror movie in over a decade, according to really small print. (laughs) That that usually means it's a very high-profile source. Oh, it's Boing Boing. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're, is Boing Boing even still around? I don't, I've never heard of Boing Boing. Really? They were a thing for a while. Uh, it follows. This is the sexually transmitted ghost, right? Or sexually transmitted girl from the ring or whatever. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it seems like a really cool premise and I've heard good things about it. Uh, I've heard really... Uh, didn't uh, Disaster Piece do this yes. soundtrack? Yes. Uh, which... I first found Disaster Piece because he did all the music for the video game Fez, which is a fantastic game. 
uh, with fantastic music. Which is weird because I also knew about Disaster Peace years and years and years ago just from being an awesome musician. Like he does these fake. Like I'm not even a video game guy, but mm-hmm. he does he does these albums for that are. It's like eight bit cheap chip tune kind exactly. of, but it's not like it's not like Anamanaguchi or anything. It's but it's like more moody. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's awesome, and it perfectly translates to this movie. It's it's he's great. And I'm excited for the movie. Okay, so I'm really bad about doing this. Um, I usually only think to do this, and I don't know if it's actually a thing. Okay. Which one are you going to like better? Uh, probably It Follows, because I've heard it's really good. And I think that one's going to freak me out, and I'm not going to be able to sleep, and I'm going to hate you. Justin, what else you got for us? Garbage Day!